Hello there. Welcome to the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast. My name is Denise Alvarez, and I'm so glad that you've joined me here today. Now, just in case we're new friends, I always like to give you a super brief introduction so you know who it is that you're talking with. So I do have a business called Storm Lily Marketing, where I get to help horse business owners like you convert your website visitors into your customers. And I do that through coaching, through website design, website content, email marketing. And then I also have a membership that I'm helping horse business owners with their social media. Now it's a little bit different because versus me managing your social media, you can become a member and then you will get information to help you do your own social media in the most effective and engaging way. So you can use it to help grow your business. And I, of course, will have links to all of that on my website if you're interested in any of those things. But essentially, I just want you to know I'm here teaching you about marketing because that's what I do for a living. And I get to do it for horse business owners. And I especially created this podcast so I can help horse business owners like you take marketing and make it doable and help you apply it to your own business. And so today we are actually doing something a little bit different because oftentimes I'll come to you with you know, three questions to ask yourself or three steps and that type of thing. And I love to do step-by-step strategies. But today I invited a guest onto the podcast to just have a conversation that I think you're really going to enjoy. And it's Shelly Paulson. Many of you may know her. She is a professional equine photographer. She does commercial work. She has stock photography. She has membership. You will learn about all of these things. And you've probably seen her pictures and maybe didn't even know it. But what I'm talking to Shelly about today is actually how to grow your business. And it's not just the idea of how to scale your business, how to make it bigger, how to add team members and that type of thing. But instead, it's how to grow your business in the way that it works best for you. So meaning it doesn't always have to be bigger to be better, right? And so Shelly is definitely successful. Anyone that I've talked to that knows her, admires her and her work, But she will tell you that she was very strategic and she has been very strategic when it comes to growing her business. And so that's why I wanted to invite her onto the podcast. She has so many golden nuggets. So I hope that you're ready for this. Of course, you can head to the show notes at stormlily.com slash 38 to learn a little bit more about Shelly and get the links that she will mention where you can connect with her online. And I'll have some highlights from the podcast episode as well. But for now, brace yourself. You're going to love this conversation with Shelly Paulson. Here you go. Thank you so much, Shelly, for joining me here today. Welcome to the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast. Well, I'm so excited to be here because I'm a big fan of you and your podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yes, you have referred me to what we will talk about later in uh, in your emails and things like that. And so I really do appreciate that. And it's always good to hear that I'm helping people along the way because that's what I'm here for. So I really appreciate you coming here and sharing a little bit about your background and experiences. And specifically, we will get into this later talking about your idea of growing and what that has looked like for you. But first, I would love for you to share a little bit about your story and your background, how you became an equine photographer, and then now an educator for other photographers. I would love to share that. I, um, I actually was you at one point. (laughs) Um, I went to school and got a degree in music. I ended up not really going very far with that. Um, But what I had done during college is I had 
um, worked on Mac computers and worked at Kinko's and taught, you know, people how to use little Mac computers. We won't talk about how old I am now. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) um, and so I was able to get a job, um, designing websites because it was literally just new and it was really easy to do. And I liked the creativity of it. And then the company I was working for in the early 2000s um, had to downsize because of some fallout of 9-11. And I ended up being able to keep my computer and the camera that they had given me as part of my job. And just start my own business. And I didn't know really much about starting my own business, except that at one time I had worked for an ad agency and kind of had learned how to have client meetings and create estimates and, and uh, you know, meet deadlines and track my time and all that kind of stuff. And so I started my own business and I was mostly doing web design, but those web design customers wanted Um, photography for their sites. And so I had this camera, it was a film camera. I was terrible at film photography. (laughs) And around that time was when digital SLRs became like an actual affordable thing. And so I picked one of those up. And before you knew it, I was shooting everyone's wedding and their baby and their horse. And, (laughs) and, um, and I did the two alongside each other for a long time. And that was because there was no Facebook, there was no LinkedIn. And, um, so you really had to be a horse show photographer to get portrait clients. And I didn't want to stand in dusty arenas um, for long days. And I still don't. <laughs> so, um, so I ended up really going more into wedding photography and was like really full on wedding photographer for about 12 years until um, I had an accident and doing weddings was just a little too much for me kind of physically and, and mentally at that point. And uh, I just took the leap into what would happen if I just did horses full time. And it was it was terrifying and risky, but it paid off because you put your full energy into one thing and that one thing is going to grow. And I had a you know year or two years that were a little lean as I rebuilt that business compared to the weddings where I was kind of at the top of my game and charging a lot and making a lot. And kind of went a little bit cold turkey on it um, (laughs) and then had to rebuild, you know, the equine business. But um, yeah, now it's far exceeding the business I had doing weddings. So, um, so the risk was worth it. And I have this amazing job where I photograph horses for a living and then teach others to do the same. And I've, I've had a mentoring program for many years, probably since about 2010, maybe even a little earlier. Uh, I come from a family of educators. My dad was a college professor. My mom was a college professor for a time. Um, and I just, I love to teach. I love to help people. I love to see other people succeed. It just really, um, it's a very fulfilling part of what I do. So, um, and recently I made a pivot away from doing those um, equine portraits to fully um, serving my commercial clients, brands like Neutrina, Farnham, Triple Crown, you know, just lots of great companies that I'm doing work for. And then also I do editorial work and then the mentoring side of the business. So still doing portraits for past clients because I couldn't let anybody down that I've already, you know, given my heart and soul to sure. as a photographer. <laughs> but um, it's it's one, it was once again time to pivot. And this happens about every seven years. And this this one is about more of a five-year pivot from the last one. Oh, so you're seeing that's a trend for you about every five to seven years you pivot. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's yeah. Cool. And I think some of it is 
I'm, I'm bored. I, I get bored easily. Like I, about five to, you know, it's a seven year itch, right? right? And uh, thankfully yeah. that didn't happen in my marriage, <laughs> <laughs> but in my work, I need new challenges and I could, I could probably do a portrait session with one arm tied behind my back and one eye half mm-hmm. closed. And so I, I really was at the point where I'm like, I need a new challenge. <laughs> I love that. So I think, and I was going to say that you and I actually met via Instagram, but, and I feel like you shared this just recently, maybe it was even this morning, a post that someone had shared about climbers versus campers. And yes. yeah, so that's what it reminds me of is somebody that just kind of reaches their peak and they want to camp out there and they're cool and others that just want to keep climbing and see what's next. So I feel like that's, that's you, that's what you're referring to. Yeah. Like you just want to keep climbing to that next thing. Um, so that's very yeah. cool. Yeah, I totally, I was like, yes, me, climber. And, but <laughs> the thing I always have to remember is not everybody's me, you know, like yeah. it's okay to be a camper. Like my husband's kind of a camper and I'm a climber. And so we're a good balance for one another. And you can run a successful business as a camper and you can run a successful business as a climber. So it's, um, but I do think like high achiever types, which mm-hmm. I am, mm-hmm. uh, tend to be the climbers. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm a climber. I'm right there with you. And it's funny that you said that because my husband's definitely a camper. So yeah, I found that <laughs> very interesting. Um, yeah. so, all right. So we met over on Instagram and so I signed up for your email list, which everybody on the podcast knows I love email marketing and you're doing a great <laughs> job. I love your emails. And so you recently shared about a specific book that you've been reading that I thought sounded a little bit counterintuitive when we talk about Horse businesses. So heads up, everybody. This one is honestly not specific to marketing, but it is specific to how you run your business and how you strategize for what your business is going to look like, which absolutely feeds into your marketing. And so this book kind of goes against that mainstream thinking of in order to succeed in your business, you have to scale it, right? So everybody talks about how do I scale? I'm going to help you scale. And it's an assumption that everybody wants to scale their business. Uh, but that's not always the case. So tell us a little bit about that book and what drew you to that in the first place as a business owner who yourself, as we just said, you've experienced success on many levels, but you also have a really specific vision for what growth looks like for you in your business. Yeah. So the book is called A Company of One. It's by the author, Paul Jarvis. And the subtitle is Why Staying Small is the Next Big Thing for Business. And I think, you know, I'm I'm not a person that wants to add employees. Um, I don't even like to outsource things because <laughs> just a tiny bit of a control freak. Like I have a virtual assistant and she's she's underutilized in my business because even today I'm, I'm retouching some product photography and I'm like, should I have my retoucher do these? Or mm. I wonder, it'll just take me like five minutes. I'll just do it myself. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, uh, and this goes back to this recent pivot from, you know, portraits to, to focusing on commercial work is I was at a crossroads of what do I, um, I'm, I'm burning out. I have too much work. I'm not keeping up with it. I have my hands in a lot of things. I feel like pretty soon I'm not going to do everything well to the degree of excellence that I, you know, really expect from myself. And so what, what do I, what do I do at this point? Um, Do I add an employee? Do I find more people to outsource to, or do I find a way to just do my business better as a solopreneur, solo entrepreneur? And so that was why this book really kind of 
jumped out at me is I I love to read. Um, I actually just read my first audiobook and I'm like, oh, this is a thing. I am going to be <laughs> reading so much more. I had a five hour drive to Madison, Wisconsin from Minneapolis. And I was like, and I read another book that I think is going to be pretty life-changing. That'll be in my next newsletter. So oh, I everyone can't wait. Wants to, yeah, we'll, we'll keep the anticipation for that. But, <laughs> um, you know, I'm always like, when I finish one book, I go find another one. And I'm really into self development, business development, um, personal growth. I'm not really a fan of fiction. I think this is that high achiever thing. Again, I'm but... so there. I'm so with you. This <laughs> <laughs> is my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. This needs to be efficient. So anyway, yeah. um, I was shopping for a book and I was like, Ooh, this seems like something that would be good. And the thing I love about eBooks is being able to sample, you know, the first few chapters, p- chapters. And I'm I'm like into page 10 or 15 and I'm already like, oh, I want to highlight five things. Mm-hmm. And that's usually my indication that this is a book I need to read if, I, if I'm wanting to highlight the sample. And I would say, I don't even know if, it, if they tell me how many highlights, but this was a very highlightable book. And not every book I read is like that, but I just, it, it was so many like truth bombs along the way. And it probably because speaking to me where I was at is just this idea of, I don't need to make myself, my business bigger. I need to make it better. And I don't need to have all the clients because part of me like feels like, well, I need to be, you know, if I'm an equine commercial photographer, I need all the brands. I need this brand to work with me Mm. and this brand. And I want this brand in my stable. And, and it was like, Oh, Shelly, just slow down. You need to do a great job for the clients you already have and offer them more and more value. And those relationships already exist. I don't even need to market to them except to say, Hey, I'm doing a little bit of video. Now. Do you want me to take some video when I photograph your products or when we're out on a shoot, do you want some video clips, you know, marketing to the existing clients versus constantly trying to acquire clients. And, you know, with portrait photography, that was a little trickier because at least here in the Midwest, people don't have 10 photo shoots a year, you know, or mm-hmm. they don't even have a photo shoot maybe every year in the South. Sure. I have a colleague who's in Texas and she has lots and lots and lots of repeat clients and says like almost 50% of her work is repeat. But in the Midwest, people have this like sense of humility or false humility where you don't do that. Cause that would be kind of vain. And um, so I was having to constantly uh, try and acquire new clients when it was more of a portrait business. So, um, so part of this worked works well too, because I'm, I'm shifting more to a commercial focus with clients that need um, that have ongoing needs for images and video. And um, so this idea of, you know, not scaling my business, not making it bigger, but making it smaller, but doing a better job with the clients I already have was kind of the, the huge takeaway for me. Um, there's a quote, he said, companies need to focus on becoming better instead, instead of simply growing bigger. And that, that's just a total summary of how that felt to me is like, oh, wait, you know, like I could make my mentoring program even better versus taking all this time to go out and spend time with, um, you know, going to clinics or horse shows or whatever, and try and meet new portrait clients. And so, um, it's, a little bit of a, the shift of the kind of work that I'm doing, but I think anyone can apply this to their business of, you know, if you get to that point where you're busy enough, 
you maybe focus on on serving your existing clients more rather than going out and acquiring new ones. Yeah. Oh, so much goodness. I'm literally taking notes as you're talking because oh, it's so, so good. Um, I mean, just the idea, like you said, of bigger or better. And what does that really look like? I would love if you would speak into um, the idea of making your mentoring program better. Would you share actually first describe what that is. So is it set up as a membership? Is it like a short-term mentorship? What does that look like for you? Because I know that right now, so many horse businesses are looking at online avenues, you know, online training programs and memberships. And I just saw one literally yesterday that is taking their process of training a Mustang for the extreme Mustang makeover. And he is monetizing that and allowing Mm -hmm. people to pay a a certain amount. It's not even a monthly. It's like, okay, this training program lasts for six months. You can follow along. I'll do Q and A's and it's X number of dollars. So what does that look like for you and your business? Yeah. So I really focus on mentorship. I really want to be involved in the learning process. I want to be responsible for the outcome. And I know I can't be 100% responsible because people will do what they will do, right? But um, I have two mentorships that run throughout the year. The first one is called Wings because the second one's called Pegasus. So before you, you know, <laughs> what, why is she calling it <laughs> Wings? Um, we're earning our wings so we can be a part of Pegasus. The first one is really about camera skills. And it's, so it's just the basics of, um, you know, posing and light. I guess it's not totally camera skills, but it's all the stuff you do behind the camera. So it's, it's how to find the right light, how to pose people and horses and how to edit and get a good workflow and, and good backup strategies and media management and just, you know, everything you need to be successful from the photography standpoint. And that goes from January through March. And it's a weekly video lesson and weekly coaching calls on Monday nights. Okay. And then, so, sorry, we're we'll oh, go ahead. Super quick. So you do that once a year, January through March, and that's it. Yes. Right. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. And then I, and then right after that, I start what's called Pegasus. And this is my more business mentoring mentorship. And so we're um, focusing on marketing and, you know, building your website. We do a lot of talking about story brand and, and how to, you know, make your client the hero of this, of your marketing story. And then also like client workflow, client experience, um, and then get into more advanced photography topics like, like adding video or using off-camera flash or setting up a studio. And this mentorship has a four, well, like five days, four night retreat, or how does that go? Four days, five nights? I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) five days, four nights retreat in July. And I really am so excited this year to spoil my Pegasus participants. We have lots of photo shoots, but also um, I have my virtual assistant coming to talk about social media, We're going to be, um, I'm going to be doing a demo edit of the video project that we're video or the video thing that we're filming. And so I'll show them how I edit video and, and I bring in a private chef who is so amazing. I mean, the food last year was, was kind of a highlight of the retreat. Um, and then, yeah, and then it'll go through until, um, the end of October. So this is six month and it's every other week that I release a lesson and do a mentor. Um, group coaching call. 
So, so it's a little more extensive, a little more expensive, but it's, it's, um, I keep it to just six people because, um, I want us to fit well in the retreat house, (laughs) Yeah, but also when you're out doing, um, the hands-on photo shoots, if you have too many people, everybody's kind of jockeying for a good position. Mm, And I don't, I don't like that. So I like the, to be small plus, um, with Pegasus, they do a one-on-one with me every month. And so I feel like then I have more time to be fitting six people in my schedule versus like 15, which I allow in wings. Cause it doesn't have a, an in-person or a one, not in-person. Well, it doesn't have an in-person or a one-on-one element. Okay. That is so, so interesting. Thank you for laying that out. I think that will inspire a lot of people to, to think about different ideas that they could do and how they can use that. Um, I have a couple questions for you about that. So do you do, is it first come first serve then? Have you ever had an instance where you have 15 people in wings and then you have 15 people that want to get into Pegasus? (laughs) Well, this was my first year of doing wings. I, I did Pegasus last year and had a little bit of a challenge in that the the base skills that everyone came into Pegasus with were pretty varied. And so it was hard okay. to take the more advanced people where they needed to go because there were people still just figuring out the camera settings. And um, I worked with a business coach um, kind of late summer, early fall last year to kind of who were, who spe- specializes in memberships. And um, we really kind of hashed it out. And she suggested this, you know, she called it an accelerator to just get everybody on the same page. And um, yeah, and then I had five people go from wings to Pegasus. Yeah, it's a pretty big investment, Pegasus is. And if you've Mm -hmm. already invested in wings, and now you're investing in Pegasus, it's a pretty big um, investment. And then I had one person that I was able to bring in whose um, skill level was certainly up to up to where it needed to be. And then I gave her access to all the wings videos so she could go through and catch up if she wanted to. Okay. Beautiful. Well, and I can see how horse businesses would be able to take and apply something similar. Just when you look at, if you have a cult starting clinic that you're wanting people to come to, but you've got green people that are coming and you're saying, golly, this is a little too dangerous. How do I filter that out? You know? So then instead you have some previous requirements and clinics that they have to go to before they can participate in that. So that's really, that's really smart. I love that example. Yeah. And I, I didn't, like I said, I had the, the coach that came up with that and I was like, that is exactly what I need. And because mm-hmm. once you get into advanced stuff, it's like, it can be a lot of uh, burdensome to go back and try and bring people up to speed. Sure. And then, you know, and I'm really, mm-hmm. it really matters to me that people have a great experience and that they, they learn what they came to learn. And so, yeah, just bringing everybody kind of onto the same page was so far, it's been really great. And, and and fruitful for the people involved. Yeah. So tell me this, as we go back to the idea of scaling and growing, and you looked at your online mentorship program, in addition to the photography work that you're doing, is that something that you ever crossed your mind that you're like, well, I wonder if I could do more of this or do it more often, or or how did you filter that out to say, no, I know I would rather make this better versus do more of them? Yeah, I, I would This has been a really intense year for me with the mentorships because I'm creating the content. Last year for Pegasus, I just taught live 
on the zoom calls and didn't record anything. And this year I'm like, I have a studio set up and I'm doing intros and then screen captures of different things and, um, you know, screen recordings. And so this year has been super heavy on creating content that I will be able to use year after year. I might go in and tweak a thing here or there, but it's going to basically be my content moving forward. Um, but there's a lot more things I want to do. I've got some. I've got a really great product idea that's on the back burner because I have not enough hours in the day right now. <laughs> sure. Um, and I have a YouTube channel that is uh, sitting a little, um, getting gathering a little dust right now. And I have mm. over six thousand um, subscribers, and it's a really it's an untapped thing for me at this point. But I just. I'm having to make decisions about my time and go, okay, I'm not really getting paid for YouTube. Just FYI, even with 6,000 <laughs> subscribers, <laughs> I'm not getting much money from YouTube. Um, and right, you know, I have these people in this mentorship that, that paid to be a part of it and have invested their time in, in my program, invested themselves. And so they're the highest priority, but I have all these ideas and I would like to take you know, a few of these video things that I've created for Wings and Pegasus and maybe make them available on demand as, you know, a separate course. Um, but yeah, I just need, I need more time in order to make all these things happen and, and growing, quote unquote, growing my business by scaling it um, was really counterintuitive to that. And I, like I said, I, I have a huge sense, inner sense of responsibility to people, to all my clients. And, and so this idea of being better, not just bigger, really resonated with me and the way that I like to run my business. Okay. I love so much of that. So specifically, I want to hone in on one thing for our audience and that's YouTube and where you mentioned, okay, well, I have 6,000 subscribers. I think that's untapped, but I know right now where my income is coming from. And so that can be a filter for you all that are listening, where you're sitting here going, okay, I get it bigger or better. How do I decide? And maybe you decide bigger is better for you, which that's, that's totally fine too. I would say use that as a filter though, because you are a business and you do want to do things that light you up, but you also have to pay the bills, right? You have to pay the people that are helping you as well. So perhaps you use that as a filter to say, okay, I'm going to look at where my biggest profit margin is coming from. And that's what I'm going to hone in on. That's what I'm going to focus on making that better instead of seeing if I can add five more programs because I have all these ideas. But if you add five programs, but you can only give 10% of your effort to each one, then it's not as good as giving an extra 50% to that one that you know is really helping you grow the business that you want. Yeah. And that was, you know, what really led me to dropping the portrait side of my business was I looked at how much time I invest in those portrait clients. And, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to give up because my heart is in it. You know, I'm a horse owner. I I understand how important it is to have photos with my horse because um, they're not going to be with us forever. And you know, it's it's fun even from a um, marketing standpoint. It's good to have photos with my horse. But the amount of time from you know inquiry, sending pricing, finding a date, booking the session, prepping for the session, doing a, a discovery call, doing the session editing proofs, doing an ordering session, editing the things that they ordered, ordering them, getting that all together, and then delivering it. 
(laughs) that's like a 15 step process, you Uh know? And uh whereas when I do the commercial photography, there's some planning, there's some shooting and there's some delivering files. (laughs) And um, so the commercial photography may not be as fulfilling from a like heartfelt standpoint, although it can be. Um, It was a it was really a business decision to do this thing where the market's not crowded and where um, I have special skills. I'm already building that side of the business. It's already successful. And, you know, it's a little risky to let go of, of portraits because it's not like I wasn't making money doing them. It just wasn't the most profitable part of my business. Those pieces of my business that were doing well are, you know, commercial photography, stock photography, and the education side. And I, so that's what, that was in the laying it all out and then deciding which thing to focus on. That was kind of how I, how I looked at it. Perfect. That thank you for sharing that. That's so helpful. So, all right, you may uh, tell me, Denise, I've already shared plenty of these examples, but I want to just ask open-ended in case we've missed anything. Is there, are there some specific ways that you have taken this concept that we haven't touched on? So you said something about stock photography, which is, we haven't even brought up, um, but are there any other ways that I maybe have not pulled out or have missed that you have intentionally applied the concepts that you've learned in this book to help you grow your business without necessarily scaling it in terms of building a team and the way that so many people think has to be done. Yeah, I think, um, I think one of the things that's been, that's really stood out to me and especially in 2020s, I do have the stock photo library. I have almost 10,000 images by, by the end of July or June, I'll probably be up to 10,000 because I'm about to do an update. It's um, at ShellyPaulsonStock.com. But in 2020, I was, I was worried, you know, like it, no companies were doing um, in-person photo shoots. And, you know, I wasn't sure what portrait photography was going to look like. My husband's business, his business was basically non-existent. Um, You know, it was a little scary, but I was so thankful that I had a stock library full of images that companies could license from me because they couldn't go out and do photo shoots. Yeah, Um, It was a huge, huge um, year for my stock photography. And then um, the education, I started Pegasus in February of 2020. And um, only one person in the in the program lost her job or was laid off. She worked in the trade show industry, which was a horrible industry to be in at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we made arrangements um, to get her through. But um, it was it was I was so thankful to have a diversified business at that point that I wasn't just doing one thing that depended on being in person with people. Um, and so that is a piece of advice that I would have for business owners is to, you know, if possible, find diverse ways, um, of bringing in income because you never know when one side of the business is going to crumble because of a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and, and then, you know, I had no idea that the stock photography would end up being as successful as it was last year because of the global pandemic and people not being able to get out and create their own content. So they licensed content from me. That's good. That's a really good point. Yes. Especially in the horse industry. I was actually just talking to my parents last night because their farrier got hurt. And we were talking about how that's so hard for many people in the horse industry when you sustain an injury and that's your livelihood and you're not able to get out and do that one thing. So if we are able to diversify in some way along the way, 
um, yeah, it's definitely beneficial no matter what your business type, but definitely for horse business owners, there's huge benefits for that. Yeah, for sure. I even worry about breaking an arm and not being right. able to you know, get out and take pictures. I'd be like, someone just prop the camera up for me. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, won't I even, what I need. Yeah. I won't even ride my horse the day before a big job really? <laughs> or the two days yeah, yes. before I have to travel, even though I've only fallen off her once. Uh-huh. Um, I also remember how much that hurt, even though I didn't break anything, you know, like, but I'm just like, yeah, that's a little risky. I'm not, I'm not going to ride today. I'll just go out and, you know, groom or, uh-huh. or do something non-riding or related today. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But that makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Okay. I have so loved everything about this conversation. I really appreciate your openness and willingness to share. And I know that no matter what part of the industry my listeners are in, that they are going to take something great away and apply in their business. Is there anything else, Shelly, that you think my listeners should know about deciding what success looks like for their own business? Yeah, I think it's so important not to compare. Um, you you can't know the whole story of what a competitor or somebody else in your industry is doing, what their life is like, what does their spouse make for income? What is, what are their, you know, expenses? Like every business is different and everybody's needs are different. And I think we can, it's okay to define success the the way that works for us. And Um, I don't, I don't work five days a week. I don't do shoots five days a week. I have friends who do shoots five days a week. And sometimes I'm like, should I be doing shoots five days a week? And I'm like, nope, that's not me. I like to rest. (laughs) I like to have time to ride my horse. Um, you know, and, and so it's okay sometimes to kind of take a step back and say, you know what, I'm making the money I want and I'm living the lifestyle I want. And, and that's another thing, you know, I could have kept pushing, I could have kept working, but I could feel burnout coming. And I actually did hit burnout about three or four weeks ago, like really hard. Like I couldn't work. I, I just, I was sleeping like eight hours a night and two hours every afternoon. And I just was, I hit a wall in my business. And this is even after like, you know, oh, this is great. I'm going to scale down my business. Um, But I'm, I'm now becoming very intentional. I'm taking days on my calendar that I'm blocking off every, you know, six to eight weeks, which is I've never done. I've, I haven't had a vacation in years. I'm, I've hustled and I've worked really hard and there comes a point where you just can't keep that pace. You can't keep that intensity without paying the price for it. And so um, being deliberate about what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to and making sure that you you take breaks in, in your life and enjoy the life. You know, we didn't become entrepreneurs to, you know, we, we wanted to make our own schedule and have our own business. And we turn into these horrible bosses that never let us take any time off or do anything (laughs) fun, you know? And, and so, you know, I think a lot of what drives that is feeling like we need to be as successful as our heroes and, and, or run our businesses like them, but they have a different life. They might have a different personality. Um, This is something I'm feeling really passionate about right now is, is defining your own success so that you don't drive yourself crazy trying to be like somebody else. Oh my goodness. That's so good. That could be an entire podcast episode, I think, (laughs) great conversation all by itself. Um, Let's talk in six months once I've mastered it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. A follow-up. Yes. (laughs) 
totally failed at it. And then, yeah, something like that. No, I'm going to master it. I'm, dep- I'm, I'm 100% determined to actually find a balance in my business. I love that. Yes. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. Let's do it in six months. We'll check in and we'll say, okay, okay share with us some of your lessons learned. I think that's a great idea. Sounds good. Okay, Shelly, tell us where can everybody, of course, in the show notes, friends of this episode, it's episode number 38. So stormlily.com slash 38. I'll have a summary of the highlights from what Shelly has shared with us. And I will have links to everything she's about to tell you, but I always want to give you the chance to hear it in case you just want to go find it yourself. So where can they find you online? Well, the, the central location of my work and connecting with me is ShellyPulson.com and it's Shelly with an EY. I probably should register the other domain too, just in case. <laughs> um, and then, you know, on Instagram or Facebook, it's, you know, Instagram slash Shelly Paulson Photography, Facebook slash Shelly Paulson Photography, um, YouTube, it's YouTube slash Shelly Paulson. Um, and my education site, I did pull that out of my full website, and that's uh, ShellyPulsonEducation.com. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you. I will definitely link to each of those in the show notes. So I really appreciate it. And here it is. We're telling everybody in six months, we're going to check in again, and we're going to learn more about balance and being our own boss and what that looks like. So thank you again, Shelly. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, what did I tell you? Isn't Shelly fantastic? Now, honestly, you heard me say it and we are putting it on our calendar. So in another six months or so, you can expect to hear from Shelly again. And we're going to talk specifically about having that balance that everyone talks about and how to be a great boss for yourself and all of those things. So I can't wait to connect with her again in a few months. But for now, I hope that what we talked about here has helped you. I hope that it gives you some clarity on your own business. And I also hope that it gives you freedom to create the business of your dreams because the business of your dreams is not the horse business of your neighbor's dreams, right? It does not have to be the same and you can both be successful in your own right and it doesn't have to look the same. And so I hope that this episode gives you the freedom to do that. And I hope, of course, that this podcast in general helps you to create the business of your dreams too. So if this has been helpful to you, I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to go online and follow and connect with and meet Shelly. And in the meantime, be sure and subscribe if you haven't yet or follow so that you can catch the newest podcast episode. And if we are not email friends, then go ahead and go to stormlily.com slash podcast and I will shoot you a note each week. I promise it's brief and I always just let you know, hey, there's a new episode. Here's what we're talking about so that you don't miss it. Okay, thanks so much for joining me here today and I will see you again next week. Have an awesome day. 